welcome back, everyone. Um, this is FGF Podcast. It's our second uh, episode, and we still don't have an official uh, name for us of why what FGF stands for, aside from Flying Goblin Foot. Um, so, like, so friends, games, and fun. Something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it narrowed out. For friends. <laughs> um, today's episode is um, about Pokemon. But first, hello, I'm Chris. Hello, I'm Zach. I'm Nathan. Today's uh, topic is uh, an overview of Pokemon. We're going over just generalities, starting from the Generation 1 all the way up to the current. Before we begin, though, you can always, if you have questions or comments, you can contact us at podcastfgf at gmail.com. And currently, you can find us on several different podcast um, options. We have Podbean, Amazon, Audible, and TuneIn Radio. Others are coming. What even so is guys, Podbean? Podbean, it's a host it's, and a podcast yeah. app. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, let's start off with trivia. Um, Nathan. Yes, sir. When was the first game of Pokemon released? See... That's interesting because uh, Zach and I working with um, youth development, we always had kids asking how old we are, we were, we are, mm-hmm. and I would always tell them I'm as old as the first Pokemon game release. Now that might not have been correct because if I remember correctly, Fire Red was released in 1996, which was the year we were born. So I would say we were released. We were released, yes, we were released from our mother in 1996 at the same time. And I would always say either the first Pokemon game. So I'm going to go with 1996 because I think I Googled it lightly and said, when did, the, when did Pokemon game come out? And I think it said 96. Am I wrong? Fire Red didn't come out until 2000s. I, I don't okay. remember. I think it was 2002. So the original one you're thinking of is Red and Green, which Red and Green. did come out in 1996, which is the whole Red, Green, Blue, and I don't remember gotcha. if Yellow came out that same year or if it was the next year, but yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad this this happened. You are partially correct. A partial credit. That's, that's what got me through college. <laughs> uh, Pocket Monsters, Red and Green, were actually released in 96, and then Blue was later that year in October. Uh, the mm. Red and Green were in uh, February. The United States, or Pokemon, Red and Blue, were not released until 1998. And in other parts, like Australia and Europe, it was 1999. Hmm. Um, with Pokemon Yellow in 1998 and 1999 as well, but a little later. See, so I think at this point you are arguing semantics because Pocket I Monsters am. is still considered Pokemon. I am, but <laughs> so we are <laughs> indeed as old it. as Pokemon. We are as uh, the conception the year, of Pokemon. Yes. Well, okay, maybe not yes. the conception. It was probably conceived many years before that. We're as old as the first release of Pokemon. Yes. There you go. Um, and then Zach, for you, let's see if I can come up with a good one. We're not going to cover this one, but it is still within the Pokemon franchise. When did Pokemon Stadium release? Pokemon Stadium was a GameCube game. Or was it a 64 game? Am I thinking of... Okay, so if it was a 64 64. game, it probably came out... uh... Oh, excuse me while I scroll down my Wikipedia page. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Cheater? Not allowed. I never said I couldn't use my notes. Not allowed. 
It's trivia. Um, I, okay, honestly, I have no idea. Well, the Nintendo 64 came out in 1964. It did, so... <laughs> most certainly uh, did not. What? That's why it's... Is, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, no, no. I, you can Google it right now. It's That's why it's called the, the Nintendo 64, because it came uh, out in 1964. Uh, no, no, no. It's called the Nintendo 64, because it's the 64th <laughs> console of Nintendo. No. Oh, okay, okay. Or was it? No. Or is it? Um, employee number sixty-four came up with the idea. You guys are painful. I believe it was because. Or was it was John sixty-four. Six... That's it was John sixty-four of Nintendo. Oh my goodness. You guys are all fired. I'm I'm doing this podcast by myself. Stadium uh, came out in nineteen ninety-nine. All right. By the way. Nineteen ninety-nine. Um, actually. Oh, he left. Or, um, Japan. He actually left. Oh, Zach didn't leave. I thought I thought we were fired. Oh no! Sorry, sorry I didn't catch the memo. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Oh, wow, who left? Okay, I'm here by myself. Here I am, standing beside myself. Will it record the disconnect oh, sound? Yeah. I, I just had a thought. What if Craig stopped recording us when we left? <laughs> Good thing we're recording audio outside of Craig, too. <laughs> yeah. Or Craig. 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 Anyways, um, yeah, Zach, you picked, you're right. You picked a weird... I did. Trivia question for me because I've never played any of the. Uh, uh, I think I did play Stadium once, but we most have of the outside. Yeah, but I've never no, really played it. We we played it once, or most at of least the twice. Outside games I played is like Pokemon Snap. Go, <laughs> go grab the cartridge. Oh, go grab Here's the cartridge. Here's the real question I have for you, or not real question, but the real reason I asked on uh, why about Pokemon Stadium. Do you know why it was probably one of the coolest? Um, non like, not 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 a main release, but main side game, main series, I guess you could say. Um, I wasn't it the first one that did three D battles. Well, yes, that was that was really cool. But what was the 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 thing that um that really made Pokemon Stadium stand out is it was the first game you could use your own Pokemon in. And granted, it was basically the first third uh side game, anyways. But you could take your Pokemon from the original. Oh, right, because you could do the whole cross-platform with Game Boys and your yep. Game or your sixty-four, right? Yeah, you just plug it in, and boom, you can import and use your on on Pokemon that's Stadium. Cool. Yeah, I remember that. That's. I mean, I never got to do that, but that's still really cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Imagine holding tournaments with that kind of a thing. Like everybody has oh, their gosh. like Game Boy games and stuff, but then you go to a tournament and you connect it, and you can actually see them on the big screen with the big 3D battles and everything. That would be real cool. Generation One was of course released in '96 in Japan, and then came out in '98 in North America, '99 in Europe. It started off with Red and Blue, and then Yellow came around just about a year later, which is basically where the third Pokemon game of every generation kind of came from that has of course been done away with with uh later generations but it allowed us to catch a lot of pokemon uh that you could only catch on one game versus the other and it was neat because it also had its own unique storyline to an extent where it followed the anime instead of the original storyline um and of course as everyone enjoys you can have pikachu walking behind you uh, did any of you play Red and Blue? It doesn't have. To, I, I know we were all born the year they came out, but uh, for any of Generation One, have you guys had experience with it coming out later? I actually own Yellow Version, okay. but owns a strong term. Own is I stole a very Yellow Version term. from a friend there of mine you go. when I was like twelve. Um, there you go, uh, Matthew. If you're listening, I'm still not sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> see, but the thing is that it's the you know one of the big old game cartridges for the original Game Boy Color, and mm-hmm. its battery doesn't work. Like its internal, the save doesn't work on it. So you have to play it all the way through without turning it off because if you turn it off, you lose all of your progress. You can get that changed, by the way. You can actually change the battery. Oh wait, really? Yeah. I might look into that. But, I mean, so I have played through a good bit of it, and I did the same with the original Gold version, too, uh, because I have one that has the same problem. So I've never mm-hmm. played Red or Blue or Green themselves, but I have played Yellow, which is, I guess, in the same Generation 1 genre, not genre, but, like, category, right? Mm-hmm. So I played a good bit of that, and I actually really enjoyed it, even despite the whole Super simple. retro graphics, the whole everything... I mean, good old did fat you say boy despite? Pikachu. <laughs> I, I say what you want. I like good graphics. I don't know. I love them. Okay, look, um, Fire Red and like Hoenn and all of that has timeless graphics. I think that sick or sixteen-bit whatever those. stuff looks good. When it's just basically lines <laughs> on your screen, like it is for Yellow, yeah, it's kind yeah. of annoying. Okay, Nathan, did you ever play any of them? Um, I think I looked at it while Zach was playing, and I was just like, nah, that's all right. I have I have Diamond. Diamond will do do just mm-hmm. fine for me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been a sucker for good graphics, and even on that's the handheld fair. games. But I, I think Ruby was my favorite-looking one, if we're talking about graphics, which we're not yet. So, <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, um... I've gone through, I've played through Blue, because I, I like Blastoise, honestly. Um, and then I've gone through some of Yellow. I've never beat any of them, and I've all, I've played them like when they released on the 3DS. I have played them through Emulator before, but I really sat down and played them on the 3DS Virtual Console release, which was 2016. Um, worth it to me, uh, but it's really hard to play through them now that we're used to all the niceties of the newer games. Um, but I guess an interesting fact about Generation 1, uh, the Japanese release was, which, like, the first release, the red and green, was kind of like beta release. And so when you got into blue, that was closer to what we have in the United States of red and blue. Um, the graphics are different. Um, like, some of the sprites were changed pretty, like, for the better mm-hmm. uh, coming to the newer games. And so it's just kind of interesting where it's like a, it, it's a true release, and they, they, they are cross-compatible, but it is, uh, it, it's kind of like their first attempt. Do you, you think don't see that, that very much. Do you think that the whole red, green, blue, yellow... I mean, originally it was red and green together, then green sort of became blue. But, I mean... And then they had you had red and blue and yellow for the original Pokemon series, when we actually got official Pokemon after it was Pocket Monsters. Do you think that was sort of the beginning of what would then become the trend of the whole two main games and then your third bridge game i do think so um at least initially the, the whole the whole point of having two separate games and this is this is throughout the entire thing uh with all all the games they've done in and the third game kind of ignores it in a way but it's still there because you, there's certain pokemon you can't catch in that third game it's just trying to promote people playing together now the arguments for that nowadays because you can have multiple save files and everything like that is a lot harder to get away with but it's still mentality and nintendo has or in it's this tradition case, game freak has been going with yeah 
it's just you they want people they want to force people to play together so so cool. you're talking about how like every game you know you had uh, just because i've played them the most let's take ruby and sapphire as a uh, example when you have pokemon you can get in ruby that you can't get in sapphire and vice versa but then you have right. emerald which has pokemon from both in it but then also is missing from both in it and it sort of forces you to like trade with other people so that you can finish your national decks or your can you wait can you finish the pokedex without the other or do you need to trade to no, finish you need your the base other yeah. finish because it's i feel like it's like just a, a very few that are region specific right mm -hmm. yeah i feel like this is going to like severely hit my cred but i have never finished a pokedex before Ooh. me neither no 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 okay wait i have finished once i finished it in Sinnoh. i finished my pokedex okay. but i never finished the national decks you know i i think the the national is a lot harder simply it, well, it it's takes just to keep adding more and more. <laughs> By the right. time I started like religiously playing the games, or I mean not religiously, but I started actually really playing them, was I was playing Platinum because that was my first real Pokemon game yeah. that like I myself owned. And by the time mm -hmm. you hit Platinum, the National Dex is like almost five hundred Pokemon. It was it. yeah, four ninety five, yeah. I believe. Was it four ninety eight? Something like that. And there was no way for us because we couldn't hook up to Wi-Fi and we couldn't do any of the special things to get like Arceus mm -hmm. or Celebi or any of the special events. So we were like pigeonholed because right. we just didn't have that exposure. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so a fun fact with the, or I'll, I'll leave a note for later on with the decks, but it is, it is really hard. And the further you get, the harder it is, but in a way also the easier it is because with the, um, introduction of online trading it's also made it significantly easier to find the stuff you want but also harder at the same time so we'll get to that um but right now we're still stuck in the pre-2000s <laughs> um <laughs> but i guess we're moving forward uh generation two we announced the second um generation or not second generation second uh what do you want to call it there's hoenn and johto so second region, region. um and it was it was exceptionally cool for a lot of people wait, because wait, wait, you wait, could wait. go to both of them. Did you say Hoenn and Johto? Sorry, not Hoenn. Wow. Kanto. 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 Generation yeah. 2, because that's... Nate, think Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Yes. I, this was clearly Johto not my Kanto. top game. Much less top played. <laughs> I never the played these. Time, wait, yes, yeah, I... the only time I really played these... Um, I, I, I had a friend back when I lived in Seattle. So, like, this was kindergarten age and i play on his or his brothers probably um and so that's really the most experience i had outside of i think playing through crystal or gold i don't remember which on an emulator trying to um do some shiny hunting because one of the games is like incredibly broken and you can get shinies really easy like a 116 chance was second okay. generation when they first introduced shiny uh yes it is there were no shinies well I don't think there were shinies in red and blue, but in well, there was no color in red and blue. It was all black and white, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, I there could be another shade of gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe dark. Generation Two was the first that introduced shinies. Which, uh, yeah. for those of you who don't know, I don't know why you want it, but there is a very, very rare chance, like we're talking one in several thousand um, by default, to catch a Pokemon that is a slightly different color. That is all. But course collectability it makes it kind of cool to say it's yeah I have a shiny. it's rare right 
That's all it is. Just <laughs> Unless it's, it's a red legs. Gyarados, because everybody gets a red Gyarados for free. Yeah, well, nobody cares that's... about those anymore. <laughs> that's the, those are the ones that are legit just given to you in the game. Yeah. That's that's yes. a, a, a cheap cop-out. Right. But it's part of the story, so you can't knock it too much. Uh, me, yep. personally, when it comes to Generation 2... I'm sorry, do you have more to say? I guess cut right over you. I, I just... I, uh, I guess the only other thing I can say is really the big thing with Generation 2 is they had two regions in one game, which was mind-blowing and unfortunately has never really happened again. I mean, it happened in the remake, but not like yeah. a, another game that did the same type of thing. And people loved it because they could go back and see kind of how the original region changed, um, but they could keep going and playing this new region. And it was basically twice the game for roughly the same price. And it's so cool because that whole region thing, it's the whole story. I think it's based like three years after the events of Red and Blue. I could mm -hmm. be wrong in that time, but I know that it's set a, a certain amount of years after that. So you actually get to see kind of how it's changed over those years. Like, right. I mean, some gym leaders are different. Mm -hmm. Like the, the Elite Four includes one of the gym leaders from what used to be just a gym leader in Kanto. And now he's part of the Elite Four in the Indigo League. Mm -hmm. And it's just That's that kind right. of stuff is super cool. I never see, thought yeah. about that, about like storyline story arcing over all of the games. Because I don't feel like... Yep. There really is. There's little stuff that ties most of them together, but there's nothing like really sequential to them, right? For a good majority Whoa. of the kind earlier of. games, there is no overarching story between games themselves. They're like their own... Oh, I can't think of the word right now, but their own like personal stories. Mm -hmm. As the games have gone time. on, there have been some more overarching. Like I know you can meet Cynthia in some of the new games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well that's, that's what i meant by little things that connect them but there's yeah. never been like okay you defeated this one and then from their ashes like team rocket rose and then well when you yeah defeat, well team rocket never goes away generation two was so ambitious and i love it like i actually did play through both crystal and gold even before heart gold and soul silver came out and i thought that was really cool because like you get to see team rocket after giovanni has been beaten like he's been gone and they don't know what happened mm -hmm. to him so now they're just trying to do their trying crying now they're just trying to do their own thing because well, they, they don't really have it. the leadership of giovanni so you get to see all of this stuff and it's so cool and since then nothing has quite captured it as well as that and i'm going like, to I always say, with you on that what do you mean while it was kind of a sequel game to the written to the first generation we did have one other game that actually had a true sequel and that's the black and white oh we'll get to that oh, why'd you get so much louder because i don't because you leaned in yeah believe you oh, me we will get to black and white look let me just let me just gush over generation two okay Look, okay, so I did play through Gold, and I did play through Crystal. I didn't beat Crystal. I got, I think, about halfway through. I got pretty far in Gold before I forgot to charge my Game Boy one night, and it died, and I did not save mm. because I couldn't. So that was sad, but whatever. I thought Crystal was really interesting because it doesn't really have a dedicated legendary. Like, it doesn't have Ho-Oh or Lugia, mm. but it's got Suicune as its mm -hmm. kind of main legendary, which is really interesting to me because I always considered the dogs to be of a lesser legendary status. Lessers with quotation marks because that sounds bad. And while <laughs> I, mean... I always really say that I love Generation 3 the most out of all of these games, specifically Ruby and Sapphire, even though I grew up on Fire Red, Generation 2 definitely had 
I feel like almost more in it because you could do the two regions and you can meet all of these people that you got to meet previously. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought it was just super cool. Although I will say the Johto region itself seems a little undercooked, which I think comes from the fact that they had two regions. I always felt it was a bit rushed to me going through the Johto region. Yeah, it's a mix of being undercooked and the technology at the time. They were trying to pack in all stuff. Well, even playing so, through the remake of Heart Gold, like it still right. feels like Johto's just so quick to get through. Yep. So that's my. Uh, I always forget that Crystal was a game. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've I've never played it. I can't remember ever seeing like what the cartridge art looks like. Did nothing Speaking. comes to my head. I nothing comes to to my mind. They actually added elements of Crystal into Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah. Like chasing mm-hmm. down the uh, the legendary dogs, uh, the dude who's constantly chasing Suicune around. I think that came directly from Crystal itself. Gotcha. And that just makes me think: Are there any of the games that like really bombed? Because I feel like they've all been big hits. I've never really considered when they any out. Pokemon games as being like bad. And well, mm, we'll get there, but. Uh... <laughs> But but I feel like all of them were received super well. They all did super well in sales, um, and there was never like it. None of them were like just swept under the rug. Yeah, that I can no, it's think a pretty of. it's a pretty beloved franchise, and pretty much every game they've made, even the ones that I myself have contention with, have still knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. A lot it's of that is branding. Forward. You also have the fact that it's a a uh, Japanese game, which means even if it doesn't do as well other places, it's going to go really well in Japan because they like to support stuff made in Japan, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the big part, even if a game isn't amazing or as good as previous games, and each each generation you always say, but last generation was so much better, and then a couple generations later, wow, that game was really good. <laughs> it it has the brand. Um, all, it has the whole Pokemon, all the collect them all, all the recognizable creatures and everything. And that's why Pokemon does so much better than like any other games that are even better, arguably same genre, but better, better executed. They don't have that recognizability. And there's also the whole, I think a big fact of why, a big factor of why Pokemon has done so well is because it's got other media associated with it i mean you've got all the games mm-hmm. obviously and that's a big selling point for it but then you've also got the trading card game and the anime and pokemon go now and just like a bunch of mobile games heck you can't go anywhere on an app store or anything without finding like 20 pokemon clones just everywhere right. so it's just it's got presence to it yeah oh so um two two quick uh trivia questions one for nathan one Zach, mm-hmm. uh, Zach, Beep. what in in second generation? Which new Pokemon type, or not type? Sorry, uh, which new Pokemon that uh, had tons of different forms was created? Wow, you could have could have brought that out a little better. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking for me personally, uh, it's either Eevee or Cast form. No, neither. Neither. Okay, Cast hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, Johto Pokemon. I'm not super up to date on my Johto Pokemon because I didn't play as much of it as I've played other games. I can give you a hint. Okay. It has to do with spelling. 
Oh, is it unknown? Yes. That's right, because there's the un the ruins of Alf in um yep. Johto, and you can find a bunch of unknown there. Alf? Yeah, and there was like, like one for every letter in the alphabet. Like eat cats elf, yeah. Okay, this is Nathan. Um what what new um category of Pokemon was introduced in generation two? Like type? Not uh. not a type, specifically a category. So sometimes you have legendary Pokemon, but there was a specifically a new type of category in their uh stages, I guess is the best way to put it. Hmm. I think I know this. I'm trying to think of uh, let's see. What the heck am I looking at? Um, who are the? You're gonna hate me. Who are the? Who are the starters for gold and silver? Uh, shoot. Oh, okay. Totodile, Cyndaquil, and yes. Chikorita. Totodile, Chik. Okay, okay. It's kind of funny because isn't Cyndaquil one of your favorites? Cyndaquil was my first card ever. Um, fun uh, fun fact, my first Pokemon card ever was Salamence. Actually, it was Quillava, I believe. Um, I have no idea. Would you like a hint? Can I, can I guess? Or, uh, yeah, no. give him a hint, but then I would like to guess. Yes, a hint. It, it has to do with eggs. Eggs? Mm-hmm. It was the omelette-type Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> Tasty. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to... Eggs. Think, if I'm right, think Azuril or Iglybuff. Yes. It's not fairy, is it? Uh, it's no. not a type. It's not a type. Like a, It's not like Steel Rock. It's not that kind of a thing. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't know. I got nothing. Can I guess? Go for I it. I think I've got it. I, baby type. Yes, baby type. Baby Pokemon. Pokemon. Ah. First announced in Generation 2. They are so frustrating trying to hatch. <laughs> I always forget <laughs> they exist. Items to kid it. But, yeah. I, I didn't know that was a thing. That's yep. fun. Well, it's because, you know, like Igglybuff, Azuril, um, I didn't the know there dude were baby types. evolves into um, baby, the it's not types. Hitmonchan. It's like a... Yeah. It's not type it's in not the sense subclass. of, like... It's a... Well, because... It's like, be, poke, it's like you know, your baby type, your basics, your evolved. Yeah. Oh, those types. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's like Togepi. Okay, moving on to Generation 3. Welcome back. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Shut sorry. up. No, sorry. no, moving. <laughs> Starting again. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, no, no, don't. No, don't. I will. No. Okay. <laughs> Clear your mind. Moving on to Generation 3. Um, we've had a major change in games. Generation 1 and 2 were for Game Boy and Game Boy Color. The system dramatically improved moving on to the Game Boy Advance. Um, but with that, the games also uh, improved exponentially. Uh, we had, at least moving on to Ruby and Sapphire, 135 new Pokemon um, being added. Uh, you have two new forms of Unknown. You have a ton new moves. But one of the most important things is Color. the... Well, yeah, of course, you have full <laughs> color. Um, the storage ch systems change a ton, all, all types of things. But the big thing when it comes to competitive is this is the game when 
IVs and EVs started becoming a massive thing to pay attention to. They were hidden values for the most part, and they're not nearly as accessible as they are today with current games. But you you started having all these values you could play with, trying to give them better stats, even just incrementally or slightly better than your opponent, and it could really pay off. But at this point in time, it was by holding certain items that could grant these stats to Pokemon or fighting only very certain Pokemon for uh, like a, having a paper list, basically, or keeping track of so you can see how many of these stats that you have allocated. Crazy stuff. We could have it easily a whole thing just on IVs and EVs, but there are people out there that would probably do it better. See, it's funny because I have never once in my long history of playing Pokemon ever cared about IVs or EVs. <laughs> See, that, am, that, that's that's the thing is most people don't. It's really I, this could be controversial, but I actually think that a majority, or not, maybe not a majority, but a lot of people probably think the same way. But like, when it comes to stats and like IVs, EVs, stat changing moves, whatever, whatever. What are want. IVs and EVs? Help me out here. <laughs> me, okay. me and the general public that doesn't know oh, what right. you're talking I've about. Never once, never once. IVs, I forget what they stand for, but. They are a type of value. Is it internal value uh, and external value? Intrinsic yeah, individual value. Individual value. <laughs> yeah, individual value and effort value. I believe individual values are set upon uh, the Pokemon hatching. So you can breed uh, two different parents. Say you have, you're, you're trying to get a Pokemon with really, really high uh, stats in HP and attack. Um, you would then try breeding with the two parent Pokemon that have really good stats and hope that those um, values carry over and you have percentage chance, et cetera. But basically mm-hmm. um, there's a number that goes up to 31 and it can't be 31 across everything or it's sorry, it can, it's just incredibly rare. And for early generations, more like cheating to have a 31 in every stat, but it, uh, it affects um, <clears throat> these the, it affects the the growth of the stat during the Pokemon's life. So starting off with 31, you're much more likely to have higher stats um, as the Pokemon levels up versus someone that has zero or five. So it's just, it's a random value that would be a multiplier for gotcha. how the Pokemon That sounds grow. like so much work and effort <laughs> Who's in my is. children's game. Yeah. And to, to, to make it even more complicated, there's also effort, effort values, which is based off the Pokemon you're fighting, like, I, I don't think I'm right, but say Diglett gives you defense effort values. You can go up to 300, I don't know, 300 something points. And I, I think in total, it's like 700 points or something like that spread across the six values where these can also affect your stats. So if you fight against 30 Diglets, you might have 60 defense EVs out of the total. So you, basically you're you're fighting your Pokemon against a very specific so you can get these values so that way when they are at level 50 or level 100 or whatever, they have the maximum stats possible. <laughs> That's that's so much work. Like that sounds like so much math and thinking. Yeah. I just want to play a game, my dude. Yeah, but there's like yep. the tournament people who are like I'm and that's go where I'm the best there ever was. Yeah, this is why and I don't that's, play. That's where like... Pokemon breeding really became a big thing because people were trying to get these best values out there. 
Do you think that's why they added in the NPC Pokemon breeders? Um, probably part of it because you have to. I mean, like, how else are you going to be breeding your? It's not like you can have a thing where you're. <laughs> you you don't have like a barn or something. You got to leave it with. So that's basically their system to allow the breeding process. My dude. <laughs> This is why it's I don't crazy. play, like, competitive games. <laughs> this is too much work. It's no fun. I mean, I agree. Um, this this game or this new generation added a ton of depth to the game, where people who really wanted that depth, it was amazing. And people who could care less, like, a good amount of people, honestly. Um, it, was, it was kind of cool. I mean, it made things a little more random for them, I guess, because they have all these other values that they don't care about. But on the same time, I think for the average person like you, Zach, it 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 does Thanks, have the average. possibility. Well, in, in this situation, because you're not trying oh, to go competitive. I'm, I'm being annoying. So <laughs> in this situation, um, say you just play the game for the gameplay, or maybe you play the game to have these unique creatures. This also adds the opportunity to have more unique creatures. So instead of just uh, previous games, there's oh these are the stats, but you can have it uh, right up to a next to another Pokemon, which its stats are similar, but it's not really different. This one arguably is like, man, this one Pikachu has amazing attack, but he's shit health, and this other Pikachu is great health, but he's super slow or whatever. So it does add a little bit more variability for the average person. See, I'm the type of player who like the first Pokemon I catch. Nope, oh, that's mine now. I'm keeping this one. Yep. I'm very sentimental when it comes to my Pokemon, so I don't care about their stats because you're mine. And by the way, stats yeah. don't matter if you're 20 levels higher than a Pokemon, so. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, playing through, I don't try, like, min-maxing stats or anything. I just, I play. When we get to end game, I sometimes play around with trying to get different stats, etc. But I'm, I really, I don't go to competitions. I more like the collecting aspect, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big into. Like, it's like I saw this meme once that I always think is funny to this day because it's just hilarious. It's like that whole look. I don't play Pokemon to worry about stat changing like anything. So when it comes to stat changing moves, like I don't know, the first one to mind like Scary Face when it makes you right slower or any moves that like lower your attack or lower your defense. Like I don't really care. The only stat that i'm interested in changing is your hp stat to zero the mm -hmm. only reason i would ever use any stat changing moves if i was trying to catch a pokemon that's it well okay so yes i like moves that have stat changing moves on top of other things like if you use i can't even think of anything like poison strike or poison i can't think of the name of the move right now oh, it's, it's the one that weedle used poison sting, poison sting. thank you oh. You where simple. it does damage, but then also adds a poison effect onto them. You like absolute pleb. But I'm never going to use, like, Toxic, because right. it doesn't give me immediate Satisfaction. change. That's fair. Oh. Yeah. I want, I'm want. i a very aggressive when it comes to my Pokemon. <laughs> hit them hard, hit them fast. No mercy. No well, you no victory. Zach, you said you grew up on red, uh, Fire Red Leaf Green but you really like Ruby and Sapphire the most. Can you explain a little bit on that? Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, well, I guess we're going into a bit of history for ourselves in Pokemon because shoehorning works. Um, 
No, uh, so I grew up not actually playing the game. We had a cousin, my brother and I, which is Nathan, if you didn't Hi. know. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, and he would come over to our house a lot and bring his Game Boy. And he would have Pokemon Fire Red. And he also had Ruby, but he played Fire Red a lot more. So we would just sit and watch him play, and we'd all hang out and kind of just, like, talk about the game, but mostly just watch him play. So I have a lot of exposure to Fire Red. And then after a while, he ended up giving me his Game Boy and Fire Red and Ruby. Mm -hmm. And then I got away with Yellow, too, but that's a different story for another time. <laughs> um, and so I played a lot of Fire Red, like... I love Ruby and Sapphire, and especially Emerald, but I grew up playing Ruby, but I have a lot of nostalgia for Fire Red because it's just the one that I've played a lot. But the reason I like Ruby and Sapphire more is because I, Hoenn, to me, the region itself seems so much more diverse than Kanto. Because Kanto is very civilized, I guess you could say. It's very... Um, Oh, I can't think of the word, but it's it's built modern. up. And you've got a lot of sit modern. It's got a lot of cities. I mean, yeah, there are mountains and trails and stuff, but it just kind of pales to me in the diversity of Hoenn. Because in Hoenn, you know, you've got this whole huge ocean area. You've got islands to explore. You've got that whole forest area in the top where the the flying gym leader lives. You've got the freaking volcano with Flannery. You've got you get to go <laughs> underwater. I mean, mm -hmm. that itself was super cool that they added in, because I don't think... Could you dive in Fire Red and Leaf Green? Yes. You could. They had deep ocean section. Oh, sorry. Because, ah. I mean, Ruby you know, and Sapphire, I don't yes. know on that. I know Ruby and Sapphire, you have the deep ocean sections where you can dive. Uh, maybe some of it carried over Fire Red, Leaf Green, but I've honestly played very little of them. Okay, let's see. Dive was first introduced in Generation 3. It was an HM in Generation 3 and 5. Let me think. Um, it does not say anything about Fire Red Leaf Green. And Considering it was not dive. really ocean-based like uh, Ruby and Sapphire was, my guess is not. Well, because Kanto wasn't, like, I mean, there was definitely places you could go, but wasn't the biggest place to do the water was when you went down to um, the island to fight Blaine, and then there was the SS Anne. Or am I thinking of... Was the um, SSN in? I don't remember which one SSN was in. I do know there were the. Uh, the SSN was. Islands. The SSN the, was the that ship was that you got Diamond. to go on. No. Because the, I'm thinking of the boat. There's a crash ship in Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. The SSN in Pokemon Red and Blue, or Red and uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, and it, it was probably in the originals too. It's the one you go on when you find the captain and he gives you cut and you first fight um, mm -hmm. your rival. Right. Yeah. So the I'm SSN sounds right, but the I, I don't wreck know for sure. in Ruby and Sapphire. So okay, the SSN. Um. It's in Kanto. Yeah, it's in Vermilion. Mm -hmm. The abandoned ship is what I'm thinking of in um, Ruby and Sapphire, because it's on. It's just in the middle of the route, and it's just yeah, this this sure. beached ship in the water yeah yeah the Anne is kanto, in generations one three and seven yeah so kanto is definitely doesn't have as much water there's like the part around fuchsia city and like the cinnabar island that's the one that i was looking at in vermilion but there is definitely not as much ocean as there is in hoenn and so like i said mm -hmm. like it's just so much more diverse in hoenn because yeah. it's all very grassland and foresty kind of like 
open plains type of deal in Kanto. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's me. Yeah. That was a lot for yeah, not well, saying yeah. very much. A lot of that's going <laughs> to... A lot of that should be cut. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so for Generation 3, when it came to Fire Red, Leaf Green versus Ruby Sapphire, they feel to me like different generations even in themselves. Yes. Almost. Because Fire mm -hmm. Red and Leaf Green, you don't have the animations for the Pokemon attacking. There's the art style is very different, which is fine because they're different regions, but like it's so different between yeah. them that it just feels like different generations to me. Whenever I think OG Pokemon, I think Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby Sapphire, Emerald. I Generation three is probably the most prominent in my memory because it, like as same for Zach, it was the first I was ever introduced to, and is the most fun I ever had. We would stay up all night just playing those games, mm -hmm. so that's the one that's burned the deepest into my psyche. Um, so they and I think they just have the best look out of all the games. The timeless like, quality. Absolutely. And that was mentioned close to the top of the episode, but just that they have a certain animation style. I don't even know if that's what it actually is. But that art style. Art style. There you go. Certain art style that it's it's not low quality. It's just what, sixteen bit? And it, it just it's good for the game that it is, and mm -hmm. it will never get old. Yeah. So yeah, generation. Yeah, it inspired a lot. Um, these games, even though, uh, even though there were games before and games that came after, they still have very much a cult following because it's probably when, uh, arguably one of the older generations really hopped on to the series. Um, I don't know. They're 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 awesome games. Uh, this is also the first generation where, with Fire Red and Leaf Green remaking Red and Green, is the first official remakes. I mean, you could argue that Gold and Silver kind of were remakes, but not really. This is the first time they went back and basically modernized um, the old story or old game, so you can play it on new, newer content. So there there's there's a lot to love in this generation. Absolutely. I feel like for many people our age, this was probably one of the first games they played was Fire Red or Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. I, I actually had my first official game of uh, Sapphire. It's really the only one I played in this generation, like, dedicatedly. I had over 200 hours <laughs> logged into it because I just played it a ton. Um, and I, I enjoyed it, but it was actually not my favorite game. Um, but that's, that's moving on to... Uh, Generation 4. Zach, did you want to add anything else real quick? To Generation 3? Yes. I said what I was going to say. Okay. I said my piece. Can you hear All that? Right. Um, hear what? Okay, it was Izzy coming in and she was crying. Puppy. Oh. Okay, moving on to Generation 4. Uh, this is where games really started becoming advanced. Like, sure, you had the big jump into Game Boy Advance, but moving from Game Boy to DS... There was so much more ability to uh, play the games. Um, the DS was significantly more powerful, so you already had the possibility for graphics and introducing sort of a uh, 2.5D effect to the games. Um, you had some mm -hmm. more depth, better shaders. Um, 
the music engine was also allowed to have better sounds. Um, if you ever want to look into cool music engine stuff, uh, look at how consoles uh, actually had the music engines built in. The DS um, added not only more power to the games, but also a second screen, which gave more controls. It was the first game that had touch commands, of, um, but it also really freed up that top screen so you could see more more things going on mm -hmm. while all your controls were down below. So it, it moved, it, it decluttered a lot of the experience. Um, problem is, first games, uh, Diamond and Pearl, were amazing, game-changing, also some of the slowest games to ever exist. Uh, Platinum helped a lot with uh, speeding up things and adding a whole lot more to do. My personal favorite game, also the game I probably played the most out of everything. Um, and then, of course, we ended up the generation with the remakes of Gold and Silver, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Delightful uh, games. Yeah. I mean, this is also the first game that had Wi-Fi trading and capabilities, uh, like Wi-Fi mini games and everything like that. Uh, that was really cool because the first time you could just meet people around the world, not really a lot of chat. I think there were some chat functions, but a lot of it was just cool. I can trade with people without having to have a, a cable or be in the same room with them. So that was mm -hmm. that was really. I think the the chat thing was just the DS had that. Like its own yeah, chat it was room. like super basic chat type stuff. You guys remember mm. PictoChat? That's oh gosh, PictoChat yeah. was great. Trying to draw like <laughs> animations in PictoChat. Who would like to start off this one by talking about their experience with the games and things they liked or didn't like? Actually, did you really go into Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby, and that yourself, Chris? I don't remember hearing you talk about it much yourself. I didn't. I didn't really play them. Oh. Well, you I didn't like Sapphire him, and I think it was the art hours. style. Yeah, I, I, I just to, wasn't. We don't need um, to go back. We don't. I was just curious. Okay, um, I mean, I can go or Nathan can go. I don't care. I have a lot to say. Uh, then start. Okay. I didn't play a whole lot of Diamond and Pearl, but like my, I said previously, my first big game that I ever really played was Platinum, and I have sunk so many hours into that game, <laughs> and I loved it, and I don't know. I never got the uh, feel that it was slow myself, which I guess is because Platinum, I guess they changed it more, and I never did play Diamond and Pearl much. But fun side note, and it just came to me now, thinking about Heart Gold and Soul Silver and Platinum, they did really well in making them feel like they came from the same generation, even though they are completely different things, just with how they did the art style and how the games play. And I thought they really did a great job with how they updated Heart Gold and Soul Silver to be in this more modern feel while still keeping the feel, the original feel of the games from like gold and silver and crystal. Mm -hmm. But um, when it comes to platinum, I thought platinum was really cool. Platinum to me seemed almost like not maybe the first, but maybe the best at the time that really put story into the game. Because in the past, you know, you've always had you know, Team Rocket always just wanting to steal Pokemon and blah, blah, blah. And then you had Team Magma and Team Aqua, their base thing of, oh, we want more land. Oh, we want more water is okay. <laughs> the Team dumbest argument in history. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I always found Team Galactic and then the whole story of Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum to be kind of interesting to me. Like, more so than the previous ones. Like, it had more of mm -hmm. a story impact on me. And I remember it like feeling like it was more overarching overall with the game itself. It wasn't just like you'd hit a point and oh, there's Team Magma then, or 
Team Galactic in this sense, it would be like, you know, you would naturally kind of come across it. And they'd just be places and you'd do stuff. Yeah, Which but you also had the the cool distortion. I um, love the distortion world. Which forgot about story that. even more. Giratine is still one of my favorite legendaries, just because yes. he's so cool and his distorted world is so cool. And Darkrai. Darkrai is also one of my favorites. <sighs> Although you don't really get to see him as much because he's an event Pokemon. Yeah. You can fix that now with modern <laughs> and Wi-Fi spoofing stuff, but it, it was definitely something worthwhile um, kind of living through and experiencing as it came in. I don't know. I always really liked Platinum. It was just because it was, you know, my first game. Platinum was always really interesting to me because I really liked the starters, and I can't say that for all of them. Like, I always thought the Johto starters were a little weird. I love Cyndaquil, but Chikorita just looked weird to me. Mm-hmm. And Totodile yeah. is just goofy. <laughs> well, yeah. Like like you said earlier, Platinum was... No, didn't we get Diamond and Pearl? I or never did. did. You had both it. Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, so those those were the first games that we actually bought ourselves and spent i think the most time in just because of we we wanted our own pokemon stuff because we didn't want to keep using our cousins before he gave us his stuff well gave (laughs) you his stuff he didn't really give me i still used it actually i have fire red no you don't right here with me what do i have i have ruby i have have ruby too what i have both of them i got them before you left no 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 come here i have in my possession. Oh, there with the treasure. Aragon. You have Aragon. I was looking and for that's that. that's it. <laughs> okay, I was wondering right. where Aragon went. I thought I, had, I thought I had one of the other ones. Nope, because I looked the other day in the uh, in my case, and I have Ruby and Sapphire, but I Dang. couldn't find Aragon. I'm like, where is Aragon? I know I have it. But right. no, I don't, because you stole it. But yeah, so... Um the most we put into the most time effort and we actually tried to sit down and complete the pokedex together because you eventually got pearl um yeah you did nope yes you did i've never had because i had you did you absolutely did i swear i didn't okay well i you absolutely did even if i had to buy it for you but we we had both of them and we eventually when we got heart gold soul silver you ended up getting black and white we turned one of our games into, all right, we're just going to put all of our Pokemon into this one, and we're going to start over these other games, and we're going to just go through and build up one uh, PC full of every single Pokemon. And we got a good chunk of the way through. I bet if I looked right now, I could tell you how many we have. You still have a lot of my Pokemon. Yeah, I think in my Diamond, I have that PC full of all our legendaries, like the three Arceuses or whatever. And all of However the starters happened. we raised to 100 from, like, <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. Are you guys talking about making a living dex? Oh. I've never heard, heard of that, that, but that sounds super kind cool. Of. Yeah, it's like you have one of every one of every Pokemon. Like, if you have Charizard, you also have Charmeleon and Charmander. I don't know if we were going that far. No, we were just wanting to collect as many as we could. Yeah. That that led to us um, doing a fun thing where we would breed Pokemon, get them to level 5, trade them over, and use them as our starter Pokemon for mm. a, a playthrough, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think Zach did uh, Gibble at one po- point. 
Um, I did, who did I try? I don't know. But, and then I, we uh, used the Safari Zone to bring Pokemon from Ruby, used those as our starters, and it was just the most effort into having fun we've ever put, I think we've ever put into a handheld video game. Which is a lot of fun. Did did in, did either of you ever use Best Boy Bidoof? Maybe Bidoof can suck my nards. <laughs> we love Bidoof. Excuse you. I like Bite. Okay, see, this is a discussion for a whole another time. But the only reason I actually really like Bidoof is because of um, Mystery Dungeon, Explorers of Time, Darkness, and Sky. Back up mm. from your mic, there, bud. Which is, it's, it's something that we can talk about for if we ever do, when we do episodes on Mystery Dungeon. But yeah. that's the only reason I like it, because of that character. Otherwise, I could care less about normal types of any kind. That's fair. <laughs> and I think another great thing about uh, Diamond and Pearl and Platinum is they really brought badges more more light. Because you could have your little badge book, and then you could clean your badges. You could have upkeep and mm, they would mm -hmm. get dusty over time you could go in and make them shiny and i mainly bring that up because i have in my hands right now a thunder badge pin <laughs> because um when i was at summer camp i bought all the pokemon badges and i gave them out to staff and we were we were the the pokemon gym leaders awesome which uh which series which series of badges are they well, I did just say I bought the Thunder Badge. Yeah, but not everybody around. knows necessarily which one that is. Like, you and I well, know that's Kanto, but... Do I? Do I? Do you really think I know my regions? Because I don't. I myself have all of the Hoenn Badges. Yes. But I bought two pairs of these. And I still only oh, have one. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good, good foray into the amount of effort... <laughs> I have yeah. taken from my life to put into Pokemon because it's really just so good. It it is. It's it's like a kid's version of D and D, almost. <laughs> because yeah. you you can have party whatever members. set. Yeah, your party members. You can have your own set of uh, moves that you want to cater to your play style. And mm -hmm. um, I actually wanted to make it or play because i was gonna make it until i found out it was a thing a pokemon role-playing game and wanted to try that <laughs> which would be interesting tabletop it's, right it, they have some yeah. actually yeah that's I, I i read into it a little bit and i was like that's pretty cool and i never ended up doing it <laughs> no it's um gosh i didn't play pearl or diamond i did play platinum and as, as I said before, it's by far my favorite game. Um, I guess a little bit of backstory on that. Uh, shoot, it was somewhere down in middle school. I went with my dad to California to visit my grandfather. And he's like, hey, I want to, let's go somewhere. We went to, um, and so while they were at the casino just messing around, um, I was at the game section and I hit jackpot on a couple of games. And oh, from that day or two down in Reno, um, I cashed in all those on a DS Lite and then proceeded to the next day pick up a copy of Platinum and I basically beat the whole game on the drive back to Idaho. Hell yeah. 
and most impressive. It was, yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, I played so much time with that. Um, that was the first game that I really into it in terms of trying to collect things, but also trying to collect um, trained Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I belonged to a clan on Cerebi.net, which for those of you who don't know, is basically the main source of Pokemon out there. Um, they have a form section and they at least used to have a ton of different clans where people would just go on, join a group and you know chat and battle and trade and everything. Um, I was part of the group, the Airborne Aces, which was flying-based. Um, and the leader was from Australia. And we, uh, I don't know, we traded a lot. I had, I got my uh, first competitive team from there. Not so much because I used them in that clan. Like, it was just more of a, hey, here's somebody else. And it was really cool. Very nice of them. Awesome. Um, hey, yes, Nathan, did you hear him cutting out a bunch too? Oh, yeah. Nate? Yes. Okay. So that yeah. wasn't oh, just did me. You? you were cutting yeah, out you a were... lot. Which is fine wow. if, if your audio is... Um, recording. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was just... Okay, I just yeah, my audio is recording. I didn't know if it was my so... headphones or if it was an actual... Like, I think it's Discord. Maybe a latency thing could be discord it could be my internet yeah yeah okay just something. wondering sorry no you're good thanks for letting me know mm-hmm. um, uh, i had yeah. a thing go for it if you um going back on one of the things you said you said you beat the game on your drive back to idaho is there anything better than on a long trip just sitting and playing a ds game Especially no. Pokemon. When when Zach and I were younger, we went on a trip with our parents to Wisconsin from Southern California, and we're like, my goodness, this is going to be awful. But we <laughs> busted out our DSs, and we just played like almost nonstop across country. And that... I miss doing that. That because mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, we're driving when we have to go somewhere, so you you don't have the. Well, I guess you could, but that wouldn't be smart. <laughs> Number one, See, we going to get the, the Tesla. That would be. <laughs> there that was you go. The, um, that was the first time that I beat a mystery dungeon game because I remember playing Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Darkness and just starting a new game because I hadn't played in a long time and couldn't remember what I was doing in the game, and I'm like, you know what? I've got all this time. I might as well try it. And I did, and like just over the course, I beat the whole game, and that just felt so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that trip was the trip we started building our, would you call it, live decks? Yeah. Uh, living decks. Living, living decks. decks. I That's think cool. that was when we started that. Mm-hmm. That so, was like, we have 2010, three days. Wasn't it? Um, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there yeah. before high school. I think it was nine, actually, now that I think about it. No, what, what was also really cool with this game is this is also when they um, did, like, extra evolutions. So, like, Magmar and Electabuzz got new evolutions, and they got a Magneton. new... Yeah, like, it It was honestly really cool. They had new ones for Eevee, though they have done new ones in the past, but they, they did the ice and grass, I think. Um, they did not do a new type addition in that the new types were like dark in 
uh, Gen 3, but Gen 4 I don't think had a new But they had so much just new stuff and amazing mm-hmm. storyline, a really well-crafted world in all honesty. Like, the towns were actually interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, they had the best uh, little mining minigame. I loved that and played That's it right. so much. Secret base that they brought Ooh, back yep. from uh, Ruby that and Sapphire. Best thing yeah. ever. It was so oh cool. And I can't wait for them to make a remake of that just so I can do the mining stuff. Like, that, uh, yeah. it was the coolest way I just to get forgot about that. That's yep. a good Omega. way to fast travel, too. Yes. Oh, I think dang. Omega Ruby and Sapphire also had hidden dungeons too, or not dungeons. They they, they had, had um, the secret bases, like they did. They in brought the back secret bases. Yeah. Okay. See, I remember for Platinum, like going to the underground and just trying to make the coolest base, but then also figuring out where in the underground you could go to then like come mm-hmm. out in a different spot. Yeah, best travel. Yeah. I, it's I like when you're that. in the Nether. In Minecraft, yeah, I was just and thinking like, that. Yeah. Try to map out where you can make new portals so that you can use it as like a fast travel system. Another yeah. highways. Gosh, I forgot about that. No, what was also really cool with this, um, I believe this generation is the first one where they start Pokemon. So you had Rotom with its appliance forms outside of its normal. You had the Origin form Giratina, Sky form Shaman. And I believe you also had all the various forms of Arceus or Arceus, however you want to pronounce it, I forget. Um, but where the colors on it would reflect what plate it's holding. That's right. Deoxys oh always had the different forms, though, right? Deoxys Speed did have various attack. forms. Um, was it something that could be changed, though? Or was it I think... you have a Deoxys, it is this type of form? Whatever its highest stat is between defense, speed, and attack. I think that's how it worked. I thought that there was a way you could change it by going to a certain, like, weather station or something in Ruby and Sapphire. Mm, that might be. I, mean, I don't remember. where you got Deoxys. I, don't, I never played it because, again, never got events. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, that was a very unique Pokemon. So even if this wasn't the first time they had the multiple uh, various forms you could do interchangeably, they at least doubled down. And that oh, was yeah, really definitely. cool because it I added always... more stuff to do. I love multi-form Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. They also had the versus record, which was because you could record mm-hmm. your battles and then watch them back later. Um, that was that was added in platinum though, so it was not in um, diamond. Um, what did, was it the first one with the dousing machine? I I think so. I think so. With for those of you who have not played it, the second screen while walking around in the uh, the main game, not like in a battle, but just walking around um, on the bottom screen, you had a poke tech, or it's basically like a watch, and it had all these different apps you could collect and unlock. And one of them, I believe, was the dousing machine, where you could just kind of walk around and find items that were hidden. It was like this little radar that you could tap, and it was like, <clears throat> boom, bing, yep. and it would have right. a dots show up. Yeah. And I think that's I think that was added uh, fourth generation. Um, gosh, back, there's so real many quick, things. Back to the Deoxys thing. Do you remember the the strange meteorite? There was Wasn't a meteorite. It was yes. somewhere on the far right. No, no, no. So the meteorite is how you change Deoxys' form. Yes, right, because right. it was in like these craters, and mm-hmm. you could find different ones. And then in one of the newer, 
in one of the newer games i didn't look but uh one of the professors had it in his office and you could go in and cycle through the forms through that by having him touch it was that over by where you found spirit tomb next to that like ranch type area I, i think so yeah yeah that's cool i always remember that area because that's where like the mill tank was yeah one of the other things worth mentioning uh that i i I feel bad for not bringing up in generation three generation three was the first time we had the battle frontier uh oh yeah where you could go in and do all these extra things like just good end game content and platinum did its own which had newer stuff of course and um i don't know it just kind of kept it up It, it gave you more things to do at the end of the game so it wasn't just oh i now gotta collect this pokemon this pokemon and fight people online it gave you something that's like okay let me play with pokemon i never would have thought if you're doing the rental facility for example because it would just mm-hmm. give you pokemon you have to figure out how to survive with um the game so content that was, that was pokemon cool. has always been something like top tier yeah right and then um i don't know i played through heart gold Soul silver i enjoyed them the the little tracker walking step thing was cool but it was mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of just one of those things. Looking back at it, it's like, eh, I mean, it's it's cool, but nothing special to it. Um, there are a ton of people though that loved it, and I, I get why, I especially it. for the I time. I was one of those people. <laughs> Do you remember the little? I loved um, it so much. Is they, it, they, they talking were... about the belt thing? No, it was, it was the little with like your Tamagotchi thing in it, but it was a Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like personally, I feel like Heart Gold and Soul Silver got overshadowed by Black and White. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's a ton of people love it, and still to this day, think they're the best games. I think it was just a really well polished experience. The I okay, look, I mean, I, I they were great games. I love them. I just think that I didn't hear as much about them because Black and White came out. So this is true, but they mm-hmm. were still really good games. They were excellent games. My favorite um, thing was the radio. You could change back to the OG music. Oh, yes. Man. The radio was amazing. And the other really noteworthy feature they added were the Pokeathon, which were the mini games that were like the Olympics. Um, I don't I don't remember this. Oh, they were cool. Um, so they had, you could choose different Pokemon to use and you could do several different uh, courses. You had like speed, power, skill, stamina, and jump. And they, they were truly just like mini games. Um, but like uh, you had the hurdle dash, which were you running across on different lanes trying to jump over the little hurdle and you ch- use the Pokemon that you chose. Um, you oh, had a I ring drop. Yeah, the ring drop was kind of like a Mario Party esque game. Um, the snow throw which is essentially a snowball fight you had a lamp jump i don't even remember what that was uh the relay run which was kind of like a it's kind of similar to a very toned down excite bike it wasn't like the jumps or anything but it was the same layout um man they just had a ton of them like 10 different games on them they even had like a soccer mini game the goal roll um Dang, I gotta go back and play that. I, I don't remember any of this. I don't even. Oh, yeah. Do I, oh my goodness, that's awesome. It, it was. Yeah, it was. It was something. That was like, okay, speaking of end game content, this was something you do if you was like, I want to play Pokemon, but I don't really want to play Pokemon. You could do something else. 
So they they definitely had their surprises. I think fourth generation was the most polished experiences I can think of. Um, just because they knew what they wanted to do, they had the resources to do it. They weren't overextending themselves, and uh, I don't know. They they just had that planning. I mean, it helps that for the second game they were just really improving an old game, but they they really outdid themselves. Yeah, I just found out I have both Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Interesting. I guess that gave me his. Yeah, you should definitely play them. No, I still have hard gold. Oh well, I have both of them right here in front of me, so I'm. I know I bought one, but I guess I had another one. Or bought both of them. I don't know. <laughs> Worth but playing. But I now gotta play them because we're talking yes. about it so much. <laughs> Dang. Um, for those of you listening, we decided to <laughs> instead of I trying mean, to do what else are they gonna do? Generation. Um, we're gonna just do generations one through. Four this episode and next episode finish off with five through eight and a little bit of extra stuff there uh took way longer than we anticipated but that's okay we're just having fun we're talking and we're we're basically doing what we promised to in the first episode just talk about things and look back at games and give good interview or give good good overviews words are hard but yeah it's a this is a lot of fun uh I, we, we enjoy this so far. We enjoyed both episodes, so let's see where we go. But otherwise, we'll look forward to hearing from you for our, uh, on next episode. 